welcome to SCGA Off the Hazel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. The Palmetto Shop is proud to sponsor the Off the Hazel podcast and the South Carolina Golf Association. We are your one-stop shop for all your screen print, embroidery, and promotional products needs. Our team will work with you from conception to completion. Low minimums to high volume, we can accommodate all your staff or team apparel, uniforms, and marketing needs. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058. Hey, and welcome in to another episode of SCGA Off the Hosel. I'm Alan Knight, joined by Biff Lathrop. Biff, how are you? Doing great today, Alan. It uh, just so happens to be the first day of the Masters, and I think everybody's really excited about what's getting ready to happen down there in Augusta, Georgia, over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I've already been peeking at it on my phone, listening to it on the ride over here. We are at the SCGA office. Good to be back at the home base, so to speak. Yeah, you feel like you're back home here a little bit? I mean, you, I do. you spend a lot of time around this place. I do. The drive, I don't know if I missed all the parts of the drive, <laughs> but I did realize today I, I enjoyed driving out here more than I enjoyed driving home just didn't like that part of it yeah i'm i'm very spoiled i'm about 12 minutes from here so it doesn't take me long at all no that that would be okay yeah it's good beautiful area i do miss it but uh great first episode with hap i thought that was fun well received yeah he did good man you you turned the switch on he'll go you just let him talk and get on it he's great that's the thing is we could keep going keep going you know we'll hear more of him i think he needs to be a uh, repeat uh, yeah yeah no doubt and and the one today i think We'll have to end up being a repeat guest, Charlie Roundtree. A Roundtree could go forever. I had the opportunity to ride with him to Musgrove and back last Friday, and it was oh, really? an experience. We had a great time. He learned. I learned a lot. Right, yep. right. He is a, a well, another. I consider a living legend, but he's just a different guy, man. He's so. got he's got thoughts, and there's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, but uh, they're all good. It's just a matter, of, you know, getting them all put together. But right. yeah, he he's great. He's done so much for junior golf, and I think everybody's gonna really enjoy hearing from him. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of people know him and enjoy what he's got to say. So, what's happened since we last were on air, or since we last recorded, really? Yeah, last time we recorded, but boy, we've been busy. It's that time of year. March is busy for us. Uh, I, I did miss one. I wanted to bring up the Sea Pines Junior Heritage we did back in February. Yep. Uh, just a great relationship down there with the Sea Pines crowd, and, and and being able to be a our crowd to be a part of that, and they, they do such a good job there at the Harbor Town course, Atlantic Dunes course. Uh, but the, we had a winner from South Carolina, his first girl from South Carolina to win the Junior Heritage in ten years. It was a uh, Adrian Anderson. She oh wow! Shot a score seventy five seventy six. She's playing good golf here last year and a half. Yeah, that was good. She uh, she was the Beth Daniel Player of the Year, uh, yeah. and and so she's she's had a good good, good for run her. here. So I was we were proud of her. And then in the boys, it was exciting finishing the boys. A uh, young Jack Turner from Florida. Okay. Shot 69-73, actually got in a playoff and won the playoff against none other than John Daly Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. We've got some names coming into South Carolina to play some golf. Did he wear a loudmouth down there, do you know? You know, I don't know. He, Unfortunately, I couldn't make it down there. He did the year. The first year he played, I remember he was yeah. sporting the USA loudmouth pants. was kind of cool. So. He's got a golf swing, man. He can go yeah. after it. He yeah. gets after it. That's fun to watch. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good tournament. Yeah. Uh, how was the weather? Do you know? Was it super cold and windy? As usual, you yeah. know, it's it's what it is. It's crapshoot down you gotta there. Got to grind. February. Yeah, makes you work. I mean, you get on the Harbor Town and that wind yeah. blowing like that. What <laughs> the world? Yeah, it's not um, easy. So yeah, we but we follow that up with our our next event was our Caddy Classic and. Okay. Um, 
had a had a good event. Unfortunately, this year because of the change of the Monday after the Masters, we're not they're not doing caddies this year. So this was more of a competition. Uh, yeah. Usually, the winner gets the first choice of caddies and on down the line. Uh, first choice to, cat, for, to who to caddy for and on down the line. But the pop, um, the Papa Ed Caddy Classic. The Papa Ed Caddy yeah. Classic. That's correct. Um, good good catcher. Yeah, absolutely. They they've been very supportive of us and been, been very lucky to have that event. And it's yeah. a good 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 event. Uh, Where was that played this year? Oh gosh, I knew you were getting ready to oh, ask me. Uh, yeah, you got me, dude. It um, used to be it. We moved it around the Sumter area way back when. Yeah, and I'm I'm embarrassed. I can't pull it up right now. But um, it it, it was it was a good day, and I got to tell you that the the champion, um, for that event, the the girl that won it, you gonna love this name, Alan. Have you okay. heard? You might have heard this one before. Yeah, no, I read it on on social media somewhere. Um, her her name is Sky Two Hawks Skindador. Yes, Sky Two Hawks. And Two Hawks. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, how awesome is that? But see, in blue golf, back when I was here, you could possibly put in a nickname, and I thought that's what it was. And no, it's uh, it was at Lancaster Golf Club. That's it. Lancaster Golf Club. Yeah, Thank you for yeah, helping. Yeah. Me. yeah. Uh, good, good track there. I may have done it there one time before. We, I think we did it there last year. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I could appreciate hops. a familiar name, a name like that, an original name like that. You know, oh yeah. The name of Biff. Uh, I can always <laughs> look at that. But in the boys' division, Walker Felton won, shot a sixty-nine. Uh, we moved on into the South Carolina Golf Association events. We had a 40-plus at River Club. One of our popular events is a two-man event down there at the River Club. And I'm going to tell you, you know, the River Club is getting ready for the Masters when we were there. The golf course was fantastic. They've always been good to us. Everybody had a good time. And I'm not going to go through all the winners, but we have all kinds of divisions for that 40-plus. we got a tournament division, a tournament net, a senior gross division, a senior net, a super senior, and a super senior net. So, those 40-plus, even though they're called 40-plus, they are open for any caliber of player who is over the age of 40. Um, and we tee off from the, from the proper tees and distances. And uh, a good fun day for everyone there. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to jump back on those. Who won? Uh, well, in, in the tournament division, we had John O'Brien and Jeff Day. Okay, I can see that happening. Tournament net was Stephen McFerrin and Tom Taylor. Okay, yeah. Uh, we had senior gross was Mr. Mike Gravely and Todd Weber, which you can imagine yeah. is a pretty strong team there. yeah. Uh, senior net was John Ivester and Dennis Buford. Okay. Uh, super senior gross, John Cottrell and Bob Edens. Dr. Edens. Doc Edens. Yeah. And yeah. then in the super senior net division, Mr. Russell Smith and Vince Williams. Those two guys oh, have been wow. playing with us for a long time. Good for Vince, yeah. Yep. I haven't yep. seen Vince in a long time myself. He's, he can still golf his ball right down the center. So I, yeah, he does I'm good. sure. I'm sure. Um, but we moved on from there. We had our next event was our senior four-ball championship. We were, had the fortune of going up to the Country Club of Spartanburg. Yeah. Uh, golf course was fantastic. The people up there are good. Uh, you know, who, we've been in Spartanburg a lot over the years. Right. That's a great place. Yeah. It's just a good golf course. Yeah, I love it. It feels like one of those home away from homes for me. They've taken some trees out. They moved some, Have they? Yeah, you, 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 there's some holes around number 10 and, and around there. They've taken a lot of trees uh-huh. down, so – um, Pat Crowley's still around there. Oh, you know it. Yeah. He's up there watching. And <laughs> the day I was out there, I saw him. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, he, but we had a exciting event. That the team that won, they won after one whole playoff against the defending champions. Defending champions was uh, Stan Sill and Jeff Stevens. But uh, Mr. Joe Hendrick of Chesterfield and Darren Womack of Aiken shot a final round sixty-two. Ooh. Uh, to come back on them and and tie for the lead and win it in the playoffs. Best ball. Best ball. Man. 
I don't that's, care what format, 62, right? Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that's kind of one of your lowest things from the four ball. From at, from the senior side of things, that. I would say so. You know, every once in a while we'll catch a 62 here or there like the, at the Partners Championship. But even right. then it's a different – it's not necessarily four ball. It's it's a different type of event. So, Man, that's 62 strong. Good for Darren and Joe. Yep, yep. So then we were supposed to have the President's Cup one day on President's Day. The, the junior golf. Yep, junior yep, golf. Yep. And uh, – we had to cancel it. It, it, it. it rained so much during that time, even Camden was unplayable. And you know, Camden's all sand. <laughs> That's uh, funny. So we tried to do the makeup. We couldn't get it back at Camden. We ended up at Darlington Country Club. Yeah. Yep. Just, just did it this past uh, past week. And uh, and and the, the girls' 13 to 18 division, Miss Carolyn Hawkins won. And then we had uh, the boys' 13 to 18 was David Ross. Nice. And then uh, the girls' 12 and under was Kenley Brazil. Yeah, yeah. And boys 12 and under was Mr. Owen Atkinson. So, oh, good. Uh, had a good day out there. The golf course is really – they're doing a lot of work there at Darlington, from what I understand, and yeah. trying to make it oh, something yeah. special. So On they, the golf course, yeah. they certainly are. Owen's going to be a good little player. I've been watching him for a couple of years, and I want to say I had the privilege of meeting that Kenley, that young lady, yeah. at the South Carolina Women's Open this summer at Cobblestone. Oh, yeah. I think that's where they play. Oh, okay. That girl is all about golf all day every day she was out there isn't that awesome i mean 12 yeah. and under I mean, all about golf and, and jumping on it I, we are so lucky with the junior golf program and these kids we've got coming through and yeah. how good they are and how young they are i mean it's it's incredible yeah i'm jealous but i'm not jealous i understand all right so let's you want to get to mr round all right so biff you actually weren't on this episode joe quick sat in with me yes so give us a good charlie roundtree story Oh gosh! Oh man, Charlie. I think the thing about Charlie is, is you know, when he comes in, he, the, the ideas he has. I mean, and, and he he'll tell you these ideas. And a classic saying for Charlie: it's, "It's easy, Bo." Yeah, you know? the, that's part of our vocabulary I mean, now. It's easy, Bo. Yeah. You just get the get the blimp that flies <laughs> over here, and you're gonna do this over there. It's easy, Bo. Oh. Uh, but yeah, we were sitting here one day, and Charlie brought some uh, some some little appetizers or something for us, some little snacks, and sit on the lunch table. Looked, and I said, Charlie, what what is this? He goes, it's a scone, Bo. You don't know what a scone <laughs> is? I had to look it up. I'm, you know, from Chapin, I'm not familiar with scones. Yeah, I don't know what it is. That's a cookie. Okay. But it was good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was good. It's a scone, Bo. That's funny. He's definitely <laughs> cultured. Uh, he's, he, he's great. You were there that day. You just weren't on mic that day. Yeah, I was there watching. And I think that's kind of when I realized I wanted to, I wanted to jump on and be a yeah. part of it because it's uh, – it's, yeah. A lot of good things happened. A lot of good stories. A lot of good people. Because we kept referring to you. There was, I looked at the half episode. We, you know, we were talking to you a good bit off air, so, right? Or on air. All right. Well, let's get on the Charlie Roundtree. And, and as always, thank you to the Palmetto Shop for uh, sponsoring this podcast. The Palmetto Shop is your one-stop shop for all of your logoed apparel, promotional, and marketing needs. Offering full-service embroidery and screen printing for business, athletic teams, and personal needs, along with a variety of gift options with our trademarked Palmetto Tree and Moon. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058. Well, Charlie, thank you for joining us here today at the Palmetto Shop Studios. Great to be here. It's a, uh, you're a living legend, whether you know it or not. I think you know it, but, (laughs) and he's more influential in people's lives than I think he knows, certainly in my life. And uh, so what's your involvement with the South Carolina Golf Association? Well, (laughs) (laughs) that's a a startling question, I guess. That's probably a big one. 
Um, my first recollections are dad growing up. Uh, we were in uh, Walterboro, South Carolina. I played my first round of golf at Dogwood Hills Country yep, Club. Yep, a nine-holer. Yeah. Bob Causey came over, and he was the head of the golf association from Hampton. And my dad had played golf, had had taken his first job in Hampton, South Carolina, for the Forester Commission. Okay. And that led to a lifelong experience with the South Carolina Golf Association. So, what what years are we talking about there? That would have been sixty four. Okay, sixty four. Sixty four, sixty three, in that area. And uh, so, your dad. What year did Georgia team matches start? Seventy six. Seventy six. So from sixty four to seventy six, he became very involved. Sixty four to seventy six, big time involvement. Uh, saw the need for a you know the state junior championship had been just moving around from place to place and there were many very few clubs that wanted kids to go out and beat up the practice range so you just couldn't get anybody to take it so that was the real genesis of the whole start of the junior golf program from my standpoint in lexington was lexington yeah he went over there and talked to club membership and norman flynn who was the new young hotshot pro out of forest lake uh into hosting the south carolina junior championship norman started at forest lake Norman was the assistant pro at Forest Lake under Melvin Hemphill. And one of the great stories for me personally, when we moved from Walterboro to Columbia, Dad was promoted to the Forest Commission head office. And so he was going around. This shows you how much you you believe in your kids. He said, we started looking at Forest Lake because Melvin Hemphill was the pro. So we looked for a house over in Forest Acres. I remember the house like it was yesterday. It's not but about a mile from where I live right now. It's an old stone house. And in the in the meeting with Melvin, he met Norman Flynn, this young hotshot pro that had been playing at Carolina and, and had a good a little good little career going there for, on the on the I guess mini tour at the time, but played in a few tur- tournaments and um Norman took this job at this fledgling golf course that wasn't even built in Lexington and my dad says we're going to Lexington because he wanted to follow a young pro that could help his kid both his sons play golf so that was the genesis for us going over there and then obviously the membership wanted to be involved in junior golf and dad and mom I mean most people don't know this but just like Biff and his mother uh, my mother was heavily involved in the running of the state junior for the first five to ten years. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. She ran the scoreboard. Um, we had a bunch of members at the club that helped run this thing. So this was, this was, I think the first one was 1968 at Lexington, if I'm right. Okay. Um, and it ran um, until 1977 because we didn't have a full-time director in HAP till 77. So really, the membership of the club and a few volunteers from the SCGA were running it. That makes sense. If you go back to the yeah. old old black and white photos from <clears throat> Lexington that that Hap has in possession, your father is basically with every trophy winner. You know, you can tell he was giving the awards out. Well, it's just like the matches too. And those were some big trophies back then. I mean, oh, we gave big trophies, but you, yeah. they didn't make much clink. It was like a ping from plastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gold tent. <laughs> so, how did the uh, Georgia South Carolina team matches come to be? 
Well, Dad being from the state of Georgia, the great state of Georgia, he would say, he went to the University of Georgia, <laughs> and my mother went to Milledgeville, which was U.S. Ugga, uh, Milledgeville. Okay. Um, and he got to know the Georgia State Golf Association guys because he loved to play golf. And they came up with this idea to have these interstate matches. Uh, I guess it's interstate yeah, I've always wondered about that. We've and always trust state. All right, so they got this idea to have these matches, and and they met a guy in Florida named Floyd Doss, and they put Florida in at first, which most people right. don't remember that. Yep. But Florida was in as really? well. Florida was in first two or three years. Huh. And sounds like it was first first two years, and then it was time for it to go back to Florida, and about three weeks before the matches. They didn't. They didn't have their stuff together, and they could not pull off the golf tournament. Uh-huh. And so, we went to Hounds Lake again and just cut the whole thing off. So, Florida's out. Um, those matches were really dear to my dad and Pete Cox. And Pete Cox is obviously the legend of Georgia over there. And he's this year we get to celebrate with him. You probably don't know this, but. Uh, he's a Furman University graduate. He was a football player and yep. golfer at Furman. And this year we're going to celebrate it at Greenville Country Club, and we're going to have the Furman people involved. And hopefully Pete's going to be able to be back at Man. 90. I think he just turned nine, 89 or 90. 90 years old, I think. So that's going to be a, a great event. My daddy just loved those team matches. and. They're Lots neat. of great stories on those team matches. So, that you can certainly go through the photos and the teams and look at the who's who. Yeah, the Dustin Johnson, Lucas Glovers, Charlie uh, Reimer, Charlie Reimer. I mean, golly, on the Georgia side too. I mean, Larry uh, Miles and but you can Ryan Harmon, third place last week. That's right. But what I was going to say <laughs> is, you can also look at those. You've got those guys, the top pros. But you've also got Greg McBride, Steve Bear, all kinds, and Stephen Bear. Uh, you know, people who stayed in the golf industry. Donald Clement, Biff and Donald Clement team yeah. just ran the matches, the Palmetto Cup down at the Reserve, where he's the pro. It's uh, it's really great to look at the Dargan brothers. Both the Dargan brothers were on there. You know, and also you can think about the players that didn't make it, like Charles Warren, who never finished in the top eight in right. the South Carolina State yeah. Junior. Yeah. Kyle Thompson, Kevin Kisner. Uh, he'd like to tell you that he finished eighth and that he just gave up his spot to go to the Western Junior. But the truth is, he was tied for eighth and he hadn't won in a playoff, so we don't know if he'd have made the team. Man. Bill Haas, yeah. uh, Brent Delahousay. Uh, in fact, the top of the trophy wow. that everybody, you know, the, the mace that we carry yeah. around, the top of that trophy has two players on it holding a flag stick. And that picture was taken by me at the State Junior at Lexington, and that's Della Husay and Bill Haas in the picture. Are you kidding? I didn't. That's <laughs> trivia right there. Yeah. I didn't know and I can't, find the, I can't find the picture because <laughs> I'd love to have it. Well, that's a great transition. Let's talk about that trophy real quick. Hmm? It's not just a trophy. What no. would you call it? It's a base. It's a mace. Uh, but, but there's a mace Oh, on there's top. a base and a mace, and it was it – was, uh, since I work at the state house as a lobbyist, and I get to every day they walk in and they carry the mace in, and that mace is the oldest mace in the country. It came from England in the 1700s, and it was obviously given to our state before we we revolutionized and took over our own freedom. And that mace is still a symbol of our our 
being part of, of England, um, of course, that one's gold. That's in the, the state best house. we could do. Yeah, the one <laughs> yeah. at the state house is gold. Right. Now, ours is silver, um, and we did that for the 25th anniversary of the team matches. And the whole thought process was to take a cliche from the from the um, hockey guys. I wanted everybody's name on that trophy that ever played in that tournament. You do a good job it, of it. It the didn't Stanley matter Cup. if it was Dustin Johnson down to the lowest Joe you know, golfer. Pardon? The, yeah, the Joe Quick. Well, I don't think world. Joe Quick would have ever made those teams. But <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> who, whose idea was it that the, the plates are used to to inscribe the names on it? The Georgia Dome in it, the state, the brass and the gold, or, or what? Well, Georgia's dome is is gold. Okay. And our dome is copper. And then we went through a, a renovation of the state house at that same period of time to put a new dome on. So I was able to procure a few pieces of that <laughs> copper. So that copper, we have enough uh, for it for at least 50 more years of names. So that's the original copper from our dome. That's that's pretty special. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I couldn't get any of the gold off the Georgia dome. <laughs> I tried. You don't have any pool there? Those Georgia boys don't have any pool. But it's neat because that copper is oxidized, and so it's a bluish, greenish yeah. tint. And when you etch the names of the boys in the copper shows up that's cool it's really neat that's there's a lot of history on there we try to recognize the guys that made some major accomplishments or or you know have been very successful or played multiple times in those matches and um yeah it's been it's been fun to be a part of i've just gotten really involved with the last two or three years and they're fun i was about to say you're you kind of handle that now don't you yeah biff and i and you know it's happened charlie for the longest time along and charlie's dad before him and i just hit the table you did that's rule number one Sorry, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, now that Hap's retired and, and Biff and I have taken over with Charlie and just getting the history of it, um, it's like a lot of the stuff we've done around the state, the, the Grant Bennett Jr., the, the JGA runs. I've learned a ton from that kind of stuff, and these matches are just a part of the great history of golf in South Carolina. Yeah, and they, were, they started simultaneously with Hap starting at the Golf Association. He actually came to the 76 matches. That's right. As a non-employee. And then my dad was the president of the Golf Association in 77, and that's when he got hired to run the Golf Association. Of course, my dad knew Harrison Freeman Lathrop Sr., I guess it is. Yeah. And uh, they were friends, and hey, my dad always wanted me to be like Hap. Did he really? Always. He would always want that to happen. Then I guess he grew up. He, he hadn't said that in about 40 years. but <laughs> But they, that's that explains a lot. <laughs> that is funny. Oh boy! So, uh, but they are also the longest running matches, interstate correct. matches in the country. Yeah, but there's so much with Charlie that we got to fit in. I mean, <laughs> should we just go to RBC Heritage now? Well, let's talk about the no. team matches a little bit more. Okay. Let's talk about um, what I call the greatest shot I've ever seen. In I'd golf. love to hear the greatest Ooh. shot. Um, you got to set the stage where it's secession. And as you know, these things are competitive, and the, and the captains, non-playing captains, want to win. And we're on the 18th tee box, and the matches are uh, – we're one up, and Dustin Johnson is on the tee. Anybody been to secession knows that's a dog leg left with a marsh that yep. goes to England – and 
there's probably 2,000 golf balls laying out there in this marsh. And low tide, no doubt. And it's yes. got grass that's, you know, that tall and gnarly. So we can't coach. We don't. We have a rule that you don't coach, so we can't say, hey, take that little four-iron tool it off to the right here. we got to have this point, young man. <laughs> yeah. So he's all square in his match. He's got to tie the hole or win it for us to win the match. Uh, the, he's not in the feature group, but the other two matches have already finished, so he's the pivotal point. He hits him a big old, obviously a long tee ball, but it is, it is left from the get-go. The first miracle is happen. I run over there real quick, and we're looking around in the sea of white golf balls. That's before you had yellow stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and we find his ball, and it is in this lie. It looks like about three bird nests deep into this grass. And Hap looks at me, and he says, we're dead. And I said, <laughs> I looked over there, I said, yep, we're dead. So I'm figuring Dustin's going to drop it back outside the hazard, have him a long shot in. He goes over there, and he's got an eight iron in his hand. And, of course, we can't say anything. I said, well, we're done. He gets in there, he hoods this eight iron down, and he takes a whack at it. And I'm looking five feet in front of the ball because I figure that's where it's going to end up. Oh, no doubt. Somebody yells up on the green, it's on the back right corner. And so – that, my friends, was the greatest shot I've ever seen in my life. And he went on to two-putt to win the hole to win the match. That would have been late 90s or early 2000s? 99. 99. 99. Okay. So I didn't know that. Well, he's a Dutch Fork grad, as I was. So oh, I was, yeah, you boys, are, y'all got intelligence. I forgot about that. No, no. Wasn't that a break-off from Lexington? Okay. Irmo. Irmo. Lexington. <laughs> What else have uh, have you seen during your tenure? Let's talk. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, one of the other great uh, memories I have. You know, the Beershank family plays uh, you know a legendary role in all our golf, and they had three boys that have played in everything we've done. They've yeah. done everything to help us anytime they, they that we've called on them, ask them. So we're at Palmetto Golf Club the night before. We'd had almost an altercation. I think it's the only altercation we – and we didn't have a fisticuffs, but we had some – This is from the matches. Back, from the matches okay. now, back to the team matches. So we got the Georgia boys. We're having a little little verbal fisticuffs, and, and uh, that's the year that uh, Brian Harmon made his debut for the Georgia team, mm-hmm. and he beat our state champion five and four after our <laughs> state champion was – bragging a little tonight before so that's part of what caused the, the rift do um, we know who our state champion was yeah i do okay <laughs> he's still a great guy yeah, yeah uh he was humbled that day like we've all been humbled in the game of golf right Amen. um so anyway we're on 17 at palmetta the whole location's in the back left corner everything it's runs on that off little that, knoll right. up there yep and we in the same situation we were with DJ. We got one match, and everything else is pending. And Nicky Beershank is one down. With two to go. With, with two to go. He's on the green, and, and the Georgia boy has a two-and-a-half-footer downhill, side hill. You know, not much, but a tricky old palmetto putt. Amen. And 
<laughs> Nikki's got one straight up the gut from two feet. And the guy from Georgia looks at him and he says, good, good. And Nikki says, yep, I'll take that. And I, no. my jaw just dropped. And wow. the next hole, Nikki lost a hole. And so I get him in after the round. I'm not mad at him. I, I'm really just having fun. And I looked at him. I said, now, Nikki, do you understand what you did on 17? He says, yeah. He says, I didn't think I could make the putt. He says, so I thought I got the best deal out of that. Wow. I said, well, no wonder we lost. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Nikki, to this day, we cut up all the time about I that. I can't wait to, to bring that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never heard that either. So you always attended those matches, but you also attended uh, – you're on the U.S. Junior Committee, correct? Right. But you, you always really out there, from, I felt like, in support of the South Carolina players who made it. Or you always did that while you were there. That's the only reason I went. Right. So, uh, how many of those you been to? I went to. I was on the committee for twenty years, and I went to nineteen of them. Um, and that was that was an interesting story because for fifty years, as long as the U.S. Junior's been going along, Grant Bennett was the first one. Um, he was on it based on his uh, leadership of the U.S. Junior when it came to Florence back in the 50s. Yeah. And when he when he passed away, they put David Bennett on it. He came for about five years. Wow. And then um, it was – Hap called me and he says, all right, we got to have you, you – you need to be on this thing. And, of course, you all know, boys, that I'm not a rules aficionado. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I decided to take it. The first tournament <clears throat> was at Flagstaff, Arizona, a place called Forest Highlands, and it was beautiful. So I'm this nervous kid from South Carolina, and I'm looking around at all these suits on, and they got their rule book in the back <laughs> pocket. And, and I'm not talking about the rule book. They got the decisions book in the back pocket. And so we get out there, and, <clears throat> you know, I, was, I got along fine with the guys, but I had to learn the lingo. And so I had the first match off on the on the first round of metal play, stroke play. And it was a par three. It was number 10. And, of course, I was nervous. It's 730 in the morning. Charlie Roundtree the third, nervous. Nervous. No. no. I got this walkie-talkie in my, on my hip, and they said, you know, we don't use walkie-talkies out here. We make our decisions on our own. So I'm sitting there at 720, and there's a kid – running around the green up playing on the on the green and so that sort of cut the nervousness and i i walked down and i yelled at him and i said you need to get off the green kid so he runs off our three players hit their shots and the first boy's getting ready to putt he goes down there and looks at the hole gets asked for the flag to be removed and he said come over here oh boy the kid had taken elk dung. If you're in Flagstaff, there's elks everywhere, and there's elk dung everywhere. So he had taken that elk dung, and he'd stuffed it down into the cup. <laughs> and They okay. paid him to do that, to initiate you as a rules official. So they there. stuffed it in there. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my goodness, now what am I supposed to do? So I get on the radio, and, I, and Clyde Luther 
Y'all probably don't know who Clyde Luther is, but he's the legendary rules official, and he's got the back nine on the opening round. He's my back nine rover, and I got to call Clyde. Come in, Clyde. Clyde Luther sounds like an important person. I love it. Oh, he's a great guy. Was a great guy. He he uh, he says, go ahead. I said, I got a situation out here on number 10. I got a cup filled up with dung. How would you like me to proceed? I get this, nothing. Nothing comes back over. About 30 seconds later, he says, could you repeat that, please? I said, I got a cup of dung. It's completely filled up with dung. How would you like me to proceed? He said, well, Mr. Roundtree, first of all, that's a hole. And I would remove the flag stick if I was you and proceed to clean out the dung and and continue play. So I did that quickly and shut my mouth. And, of course, the first night they have a big party with the membership for all of the rules officials. (laughs) Oh, no. And Clyde Luther gets up. That was my initiation onto the committee. And it was did for I you? have a blast. <laughs> oh boy. So they got that kid to put that in there? Put the dung in there? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, no. It okay. happened it happened it real. Happened. It was just one of the kids. <laughs> I got you. But oh, boy. my initiation was being the one called out for saying it's a cup, not a hole. Yeah. And of I course still... it's it's a bunker, not a sand trap. And in South Carolina during my time, I don't know when what year that was, but I didn't know much difference between a bunker and a sand trap back then, yeah. but I learned quickly that day. I still have the argument with superintendents about flag sticks and pins. Right. You know, This is a pen. Correct. Oh, we're all in the same agreement here, but the, I, we are in the minority when it gets when we go out these Well, doors. when you say that, that was the reason I was on that U.S. Junior Committee. It wasn't about it wasn't about telling what a bunker was or a cup was. It's about getting kids feeling comfortable about going out there and competing against these guys from all over the country. And we had six kids from South Carolina that year, um, and we we I think we got we got five out of the six made match play. We had a hail storm. I mean, we just had a lot of fun out there. So this so. would have been around ninety five. Because you yeah, just been received the Ike Granger Award for 25 yeah, years of service from the USGA last year. And mm. they must have taught you math at school. <laughs> Dutch Fork. Break off from license in our mind. That place in the upstate nobody talks about around here. There's really so many things we could talk to Charlie about. Joe, where do you want to go next? I, I want to go to the Hootie and the Blowfish early days. Monday Beautiful. after the Masters. Beautiful. Yeah? Beautiful. Let's go. What are, what are your... How that all came about and how What's it started. What's something nobody knows about the early days? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll tell you probably my be best good. story on, on the Hootie Boys, and it wasn't at the tournament itself. Um, as we were courting them to try and get them involved in it, um, you got to remember, they, they were still just novice golfers, and, and uh, they were pretty much led by the, you know, to get with – the previous runners of that golf tournament. That golf tournament was a long-running golf tournament south in Columbia. Before, Before the Hoodie Fish. In fact, I was involved in it three years, four years before it when a former uh, one of my companies that I represent was involved in hosting it. And then I got off for two years, and then a phone call came from the Hootie guys, and Hap and I went down and met with the guys. Uh, met right down on Hugh G Street. 
met with, I think it was three of the four guys we met with plus the managers, and we told them what, the, what we wanted. We told them if we pick the board and we take the proceeds, we'll run your golf tournament, and that's, that's how we wanted to control it because uh, at the time, you know, you put rock and roll and golf tournaments and charity money, we didn't want to be involved in anything that was going to be any skullduggery about it. We wanted to make sure the money went to the 401K charity. Yeah. Excuse me, 501c3 charity. There you go. Um, and so they agreed to that, and, and immediately I thought it would be a good idea if we could take them to Augusta. So I called one of my friends, and, and I took the two managers and then two of the guys at two different dates. And so I got Mark Bryan over there. Never forget as long as I live. He had a... He had a caddy hat on like DeChambeau wears today, and he had it on backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we're walking in from the driving range or from the parking lot into the clubhouse to change our shoes. And so I got my member. He's leading the way. He's in front. I turn around. We're already halfway in to the little bar area, which you come into first at Augusta. And – I turn around and Mark's hat's still on his head. And of course, today I guess you'd probably get away with that, Augusta, but that time it didn't. So I reached over and, you know, in a moment, I flipped it off his head. <laughs> and he said, What'd you do that for? I said, You can't wear a hat in Augusta National. And so we had a great time. Um, those guys, they really bought into what we were trying to sell. And, um, I guess one of the good stories about the Hootie and the Blowfish that I don't know if y'all have ever heard, we were at Fort Jackson, and I had arranged for a F-16 flyover jet start. Charlie Roundtree knows people. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) One of my fraternity brothers was part of that. Um, uh, The I forget the name of the group out of – uh, out of the Air Force Base out there. but McIntyre? Uh, McIntyre, yeah. but I forget the name. It's the it's the one that won all the competitions. So as as Biff will tell you, every time you have a shotgun start, it's going to be late. And at a rock and roll tournament, it's going to really be late. <laughs> the Blue Angels? No, 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 no. It was the uh, – it doesn't matter. It okay. doesn't matter. Um, I, I think it was the Francis Marion whatever. So um, I got the walkie-talkie. And I'm talking directly with the guys in the jets. And they got 40 minutes worth of fuel. And that's it. I mean, there's no more. It, so they're up flying around on their practice missions and all. And all of a sudden, he comes on. And he says, all right, Charlie, we got four minutes of fuel left. We need to come now or never. I looked over at Darius. He's on the first tee. It's Dan Marino sitting there. And I said, all right, boys, they're coming down here right now. And you could, when, as soon as they came over, you could feel the heat out of the exhaust. Darius just about. I got about. goosebumps, man. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So after that, and, and you got to know Fort Jackson. Um, at the time, Fort Jackson was very careful not to do anything that would bring attention to the base in a negative way. So I get a phone call from one of the inspectors at the base, and he says, I understand you were involved in arranging that jet flight. And I said, yes, sir. 
I said, uh, he said, well, I'd like to talk to you about it. I said, well, I'd be glad to talk to you about it. I said, but we're going to get on, we're going we're gonna to have a, a, a lawyer there, and we're going to have a tape recording of it because I'm going to tell you everything you need to know because I've already been through two of my buddies at Congress, and, and this thing was set up completely right from the get-go. 30 minutes later, I get a phone call back and said, we'll, we don't need to talk to you, Mr. Roundtree. We're fine. Really? <laughs> so they were very upset that it was bringing attention to Fort Jackson. Man. Of course, we didn't go back there again, and it just it wasn't the fit. wasn't the right fit. So. Then it was after that, it was moved to the University Club for a couple of years or Cobblestone? That was actually the cobblestone. That's like the tiger we went, year. We went there right afterwards, and Tiger came. And I remember John Daly throwing a keg down number ten fairway, uh, or maybe it's number. I can't remember. You know, they got so many holes. I can't remember which right. one. But it was that downhill par four to the left, <laughs> yeah. and they had a, we had a beer keg throwing contest, and John Daly led the way. <laughs> well, that's it, about when that tournament started. I guess when the band took over. That's really when. The, the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation was created because mm-hmm. it was 95-96 and so you mentioned earlier the funds coming through the, the 501c3 the foundation since then obviously the band has made their own uh, foundation themselves and endowed it and everything else but they're still a major contributor and we're a big part of the the tournament every year and I would say to anybody that that's the day that the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation and Junior Golf Programs changed. That was the day when we had the money to be able to go out and do some things differently. I wouldn't say we spent it all right off the bat, but the longevity of that program has changed the whole dynamics of our Junior Golf Program. And when I was going to the U.S. Junior, they'd always ask us, how do we run all our programs? And obviously it came back that Hootie and the Blowfish had a big thing to do with that and it's not only just the money it gave us the national recognition around the country and the world that these guys were part of what we were doing yeah. and i think it it worked well for them because it it made them look like got givers to the game of golf and obviously they've cared about it for a long time it's still a great event i know they didn't have it last year due to covid but uh well, that, in september I mean, this year and all mm-hmm. the all the charitable uh, contributions they make across the state I mean and I'm sure elsewhere but the way they give back to education and music and so many different things throughout South Carolina's we're lucky to have those guys uh, the, the entire state is to have them represent us man, and you some, gotta also remember the, the big part of that thing was the Caddy Classic we started the Caddy Classic the next year and that was a way to expose both our young boys and girls into being able to caddy and be a part of those celebrity uh, golf foursomes. Yeah. And I always believed that growing up in South Carolina, we were a little sheltered. We didn't get the same kind of recognition here that North Carolina guys and the Georgia guys got. And I, that that really put us on the map because that, that allowed our kids to be able to see big-time golf, not just going to the Heritage, but big-time golf, and be up, up close and up personal with it. And uh, you can't measure what that means as far as the people that have come through that. I mean, you think about the caddies that have been a part of that. Well, and I'm sitting here thinking, when I mean, we've got an employee now, Michael McKee, that played up at Winthrop, made the caddy, played with Jim Furyk, and he's got – there's a, a napkin from the hotel that Jim Furyk wrote a note on to Michael that said, really enjoyed meeting you and playing yesterday. Thanks for caddying. Good luck in your endeavors. 
and he's got a picture with him and it's framed on his wall in the office and I mean it's those kind of experiences that you know obviously made an impact on Michael and I mean we get when we get to meet Furyk's another one of the good guys too I mean they're all they're all generous with their time but um you can really tell when they participate in that Monday after the Masters and take time to, to spend time with the kids and get to know them a little bit, and it's really special. Can you imagine getting a caddy for Arnold Palmer, Mm-mm. Tom Watson? I mean, I think Chris Miller ran security for Arnie that one year before my time. <laughs> before my time, was it? Yeah, I wasn't there for Arn- Arnold. Okay, well, yeah. I don't think I would have wanted to be there. We didn't snatch you out of that hole over there in time. No. I've I've already told that story on the other Pulling Weeds podcast about how okay. you saved my life in a roundabout I, I way. I don't think I saved your life. You were you'd have probably gone on to bigger and better things. No, <laughs> but you did hit on the RBC Heritage, and I think it, we got to talk about that too for a minute. So, sure, you're on. You have a tartan jacket yourself. I got a tartan jacket. In fact, did you did you have anything to do with naming that tartan? No. Okay. Willie. No, no. The official pattern of that. No. Okay. That's Scottish, man. I know, that but I was thought done they, in, in the 1300s. Or yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Talking about the making. But I know it I look official. a little Scottish. <laughs> you do look Scottish. Hey, man. So you're currently still on the still on the board. Yep. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I think this is ninth year. Okay. But I've been involved with it so long. I mean, I went to the first one in 1969 when Arnold Palmer won. That's another Norman Flynn story. Norman <laughs> won the. Uh, Carolina's Open and got in that and got in the Heritage so of course our family packed up went down there to see Norman missed the cut Um, so I went to the first one I still have my badges and I think they're cool then in 1973 we had uh, that was before all the PGA Tour pros had caddies some of them had them but most of them there was a traveling band of caddies that went from tournament to tournament, and you'd, you'd Whew, find you a bag. God, the stories from those those days. And this was in November. It was it was still in November back then, so it was the cold. tournament. The was. tournament itself. Mm-hmm. And so what you had was junior tournaments to play in to get to caddy. So I'm a 15 year old kid, and we played at Sedgewood, um, which is now Strawberry Farm, <laughs> 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 and. Um, I was lucky enough to win that tournament, and so I'm 15 years old, and I ride down with a couple of other guys that were a little bit older. They put us up at the William Hilton uh, summer camp. So remember this, summer camp, November, Hilton Head. Don't believe it wasn't cold. It had screened in, that was what you slept in, and you slept in a cot. And, of course, there were caddies all in there, about 60 caddies. And the showers were cold because they didn't have hot water in a summer camp. So the first night, they shaving creamed all of our cots, the new the kids that were in the turn, you know, oh, junior man. winners. Yeah. So we didn't care because we were just kids having the time of our life. Five o'clock the next morning comes, and you heard the caddies get up. Get up, let's go. Get you a bar soap and a towel. And, Okay. We walked a half a mile to the original golf course, which is now the Davis Love course, and had an indoor-outdoor swimming pool, which was heated. And we all took baths in that heated swimming pool (laughs) at 6 o'clock in the morning. If I had a picture of that, you can imagine. Oh, man. (laughs) This is is crazy. crazy, yeah. (laughs) So the 
So I got my my player was from Tennessee. His name escapes me, but he was so nice to me. He missed the cut, but we played with John Mahaffey. This is again 1973. Johnny Miller won it, um, but we were in the group with John Mahaffey. And of course, back then, you know, I'm 15. I just won the club championship at Lexington Country Club, which, you know, that was my peaking moment, I guess. But um, I thought I could play, and I was, I was destined to go on the PGA Tour after Absolutely. that. Absolutely, I hear you. And Mahaffey gets out there and he hoods that driver down. I mean, he closes the club face two inches. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get back and tell my dad. I said. I can do this. This guy here, he he's hooding this. I mean, I can beat this guy right now. Two years later, he wins the PGA Championship. So wow. he's major championship winner. And I'm sitting here on radio <laughs> at the Palmetto shop. <laughs> Was it, uh, Heritage almost went away. Did it not? 2012. Well, we've had we've had highs and low moments, and yeah. sponsorship opportunities they come and go, and we've got a good run for the next couple of years, and um, hopefully we're going to be around for the next 50 years. This yeah. will be the 53rd. You were very instrumental with your lobbying, correct? Of helping save that, not just you, but a. Well, it's a team effort. Correct. It's yeah. a team effort. I I was involved in some of the discussions with RBC. I, because I wasn't on the board at the time, I could I could do a little bit more salesmanship than the board. So, I played in the pro am with with the RBC head guy, and head of marketing. Excuse me. And uh, we had a we had good little chats, and I could tell <laughs> them what was good about the Low Country that like I said some of the other people couldn't sell. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Haley, the governor of South Carolina, was heavily involved. Boeing, being a brand new player in South Carolina, was heavily involved. So it was a big group of people that that helped that survive. Obviously, Steve Mil- Wilmot was right in the middle of the whole thing, yeah. and Simon Fraser. So it was a it was a uh, there wasn't one person saved the heritage. It was. Well, a group I, of I know that. that saved yeah. The heritage, right. Now, the flyover they do after your flyover story earlier, was that part of your idea? Nope. That okay. Wasn't mine. That's very interesting. How low, how low. They still do that? They still do. Yeah. They empty We're going to do plane, that this year, they? too. On Pardon? Saturday? Don't they empty out the plane, make it lighter so they can make that big bank and get that low and everything? I think it's just it's just one of the test pilots that's, that's making a run on one of the new planes that's being. So, what they normally do, they have a plane that's getting ready to be delivered to a to a to a buyer and that's part of the training run that's pretty cool the way they come in though and, and like you say bank it and just kind of yeah that's real neat hover there over 18 it feels like but it, charlie got out there with his uh walterboro hampton county I've, accent and started talking to them canadian folks and they were all over it that's what <laughs> if, if you've ever scheduled an f-16 flyover <laughs> over an air force over an army base <laughs> 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 right Boys, let me tell you about this story. Yeah. <laughs> you got any good hap stories? Oh. That are arable? I know you do. Well, I, you know, in the theme of what we're talking about is junior golf here. Um, and, you know, they called him the the Rod Carew of fundraising. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know Rod Carew, he was the, he was the singles man. And Hall of Famer. Hat would try and get from first to second to third to home. Right. So one day we were um, – I was lucky enough to be involved in hunting as well. 
And Tom Watson was working on getting the contract to build the Cacique Golf Course at Kiowa Island. And Billy Huff was a big buddy of Tom Watson. Of course, Tom Watson was my idol. Okay. This was the guy I looked up to because it was my era. He was my size. He played golf fast, mm-hmm. and I just loved it. So we talked, or Billy Huff talked him into coming up and hunting the day after that meeting at, for, for Cacique, and he actually won the contract and built the golf course that day. He came up to uh, the South Carolina Waterfowl headquarters, and we had about 20 guys there. And, of course, we, you know, t- Tom's brother is a, is a winery. I mean, he's got a vineyard in California. His name's Ridge Watson. I'd been out to meet him a couple times. And, and Tom, at the time, loved scotch. Nice. I think he's a recovering scotch drinker now. Okay. But he loved the scotch. And he brought wine, scotch, and a box of cigars on this trip. So we get in there, and we got our barbecue dinner just set for the nines. And, of course, Hap is already into the sauce a little bit. Yeah. And as we all know, Hap likes to pray. So I said, all right, let's let Hap do the deal. Five minutes later, after Hap has prayed to God for Tom Watson to save us and give and find ways to get us money for the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation, yeah, yeah. he ended with a "Amen, Amen, Amen." Uh, later that night, just just my own personal story, uh, everybody else has gone to bed, passed out. It's Tom Watson and I sitting by the fireplace. The coals are going out. There's a little bit of pinch scotch left. Yeah. He said, well, let's go have one more before we go to bed. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. And I said, got it. So I get up and fix us a drink. We're going to go out on the rocking chairs because it's still warm. And uh, he said, how about a cigar over there, Charlie? And I said, Tom, too late. I said, They're all gone. I said, how proud are you? I looked over. There was... Obviously, there's a bunch of cigars that nobody smokes. You know, they light them and they yeah. lip them a couple of times. How proud are you, Tom? I went over there and took two of them, took a pair of scissors and cut them in half and handed him one. And we <laughs> sat out on the front porch, drank that pinch, smoked a cigar. That's Next a- morning, got up at 5 o'clock, first bird out with a, with a barred gun, leaking waders. He hits about a 60-yard mallard. Yeah, so I was in heaven. I bet. I mean, that sounds like a dang life accomplishment story right yeah, there. Your, yeah, your idol. My idol. And it's just he and I. That's cool. <laughs> I'm going to touch on something Charlie said. Hap does pray like he's an ordained minister. He does. I mean, you would think he's a preacher. I, I, I've been, I've learned a lot well, from it. Yeah. I feel like my soul's been saved. Because I want to walk down front a couple of times. Yeah, oh, that's, that's he will done. bring you to the. He's an altar call guy. He is. He is. <laughs> other other good. I mean, it's not. A, it, this is a clean story. So, um, <laughs> at the junior team matches, one of the things that he loves to do is he picks out the shirts, and of course, one is usually on the white side, and one of them has got colors and stripes and all that stuff. So he would always. This was just big to him. He's, you know, because you'd wear the shirt, the first shirt on the first day you'd wear, and then that night when you went to the banquet, you'd wear the shirt you were going to wear tomorrow. Yeah. And so he said, we're going to trick them again. We're going to get the white for the second day. 
And so when you look at all the pictures in the in the Golf Association office, all of them are the best-looking shirts for the second day. So that was a happism he uh, loved to do. That's cool. And the Georgia boys never picked up on it. That's great. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> so you can keep that in mind for the future. Amen. I'll, I'll do that. That's a good one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we got different picks. Um, or something. Else. Oh, Tom Watson. Going back to Tom, it's it's unique, full circle almost, at least fr- from generationally speaking, to have him involved with that Watson Cup we did a couple years ago and trying to get back over to Scotland and play. And um, didn't realize you had that affinity for him, but it's pretty neat that we can still get him engaged through the help of some other friends of the association and and. That's just interesting to me. Sorry, pens. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't me for the record. That's Jim. No, no, no. You're, you've been great on table tapping. How about Charlie Reimer? You spent some time with Charlie Reimer. I love me some Charlie Reimer. <laughs> Give us a good story. <laughs> Give us a good Charlie Reimer. That- well, I don't. I, you know, Charlie Reimer and I. We've just had a great. Uh, you know, one of the things I remember the most about him was when he was a young kid, and he won the first of three state junior championships at at the country club of lexington yeah. and of course the first one he won he's this 240 pound grown adult and and he lifts up the trophy that we have for the state junior championship which is named after my father but yeah. it was it was made the guy looks like a football player playing golf and of course <laughs> it's, Reimer, heavy. it's heavy Reimer holds it up and calls it the heisman so he started that was the first one was him nice um and I guess the best story about Rama is he was, and I was not at these matches, but I heard the story. It's legendary in, in junior team match history. Um, the coach at South Carolina, the golf coach at South Carolina, Bill McDonald, was obviously on the Georgia team. He's from uh, Rome, Georgia. Excuse me, Dalton, Georgia. Dalton. And, and Rama had signed to go. He was playing at Georgia Tech, and Rama was, was going to Georgia Tech – to play as a freshman so he was this was the coming year and um they were playing the team matches at orangeburg country club oh what's the boy's name sims mims michael mike mims um one of our players named mims no no last name mims Mm. oh harry mims Harry Mims, he they, he was a member at the club, and we put him on as the eighth player. We had an alternate. I think he got on the team. And his house was right off the 14th fairway. And, of course, Hap and Lane back at the time, and Dad, my dad was there, they were pretty, uh, pretty forgiving with the kids. They let them go have fun. So Harry Mims, they had had a party the night before his family, and they had a half a keg left over. And he invited all the kids to go up there, and I think, I think they broke the age barrier and had a few to drink. The next morning, Reimer shows up on the first tee with no shoes on. He's <clears> playing <throat> his match against Bill McDonald, and Bill McDonald was serious. He wanted to win yeah. because he knew this is this hot shot kid that had just won the United States Junior Amateur, and Bill McDonald beats him. So yeah. that's a Reimer story that's from good. way back. That and, came and, out during Charlie's Hall of Fame speech. Okay. I believe, yeah. And that may be a little bit different version because I wasn't no, no. there, but Charlie would tell it better. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine the two of you guys together telling stories. Oh, we've had a blast. <laughs> we've had a blast together. He's he's a, 
he certainly has given back to the game of golf in South Carolina, and I look forward to many more years of being with him. So. Yeah. Well, to go along, too, I mean, he was the honorary captain for the actual amateur squad down at the Palmetto Cup this last week, and I remember that Hall of Fame induction, too, because he, he doesn't miss an opportunity to take a jab at somebody, and he was he was poking at That's what, okay. coach. I want to bring this up. Were you at the Watson Cup the nope. year we had it? Nope. He, okay, nope. so Scotland, their junior golfer is a little different than our junior golfers. They had a 21-year-old junior golfer, but that is a junior golfer there, so this charlie's the south carolina captain it's on the par three the second day and this this i think he was beating the young man at the time the american the south carolinian but so charlie's basically razzing this guy on the tee box his par three at casey nothing but marsh he's like man what's your mortgage payment how many kids do you have and just <laughs> really need them and the dude proceeded to shank it into the marsh and i felt so and he lost the match to he the ended kid. up losing the match that was actually a turning point he started he was like five up on the kid wasn't he <laughs> it was it was might have been four yeah and then uh we came back and won the match but he he also says like how's it feel you know you're 21 year old grown man drinking scotch when you're <laughs> sitting there in the clubhouse and you're beating a 17 year old kid out here you know and i mean it got between his ears and on the back nine our young man came along and yeah, took a, care of business and actually that's what won the, the overall but i'll say <laughs> the, con- for us. the conclusion of that <laughs> the charlie rhymer everybody knows is funny you know wild but he gave our kid the speech, and I have filmed that you were down there. Yeah, oh, yeah. One of the best speeches I heard. He's like, you might not be able to pay back these guys, but you can pay it forward type Absolutely deal. Absolutely right. Yeah, when you grow up and you have the opportunity to give back, it was really neat. Yeah. Well, that's hey, that speech is a great one because, you know, if you think of all the kids that I've been involved with for all these years, I've never had one single one that I asked to do something that said no. They may say, I can't do it that day, but we will do it. Yeah. So – that's one of my dreams is just to continue to have these young kids that have been part of the program to be able to continue to be a part of the program and help us raise money going forward and pay it forward, like you say. So, yeah. Family. The golf it family. Is a family. Yep. Charlie, thank you for joining us. I really thank do you. appreciate it. I'm glad it. to be here. I want to do it again. Yeah. You'll probably Let's do it again. We ain't gotten near. We didn't talk about all the all the other escapades that went on. I know. <laughs>